You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, $5, $10, or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. This was one of the better true crime slash documentary series that I've seen in quite some time. And it's it's fascinating in that it didn't only just cover the case and eventual capture of the so-called Golden State Killer, but also the rather fascinating life of uh, late author Michelle McNamara, who dedicated what ultimately ended up being the last years of her life uh, trying to solve the case and, and see him caught. And today here talking about this is Davey. Hello. And Trevor. Howdy do. And Brad, who let you in here? Hello. I snuck in. <laughs> Dark. All right. So what did everyone think about this? This was heavy. <laughs> Very. Yeah. Uh, I just want to call people and tell them I love them and then bury a hole in the backyard and crawl into that hole where I'll be safe. <laughs> yeah this this was some pretty heavy watching i mean overall like i absolutely loved it i it's it's oh, a yeah. great presentation yeah. it was enthralling it was interesting but it you have to kind of brace yourself for uh a pretty heavy emotional uh, toll yeah the, the way it's written it just absolutely sucks you in if you know nothing about the the golden state killer case they lay it out pretty comprehensively and that that in its of itself is interesting in a morbid sort of way, but they also magnificently tie in Michelle's not just her journey to catch him, but just her whole life story is interwoven with that of the the story of the Golden State Killer, and it's just it's fascinating. Had any of y'all read the book before watching this? I have not. No, I have not. I I wanted to, but reading is hard. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, and that's why I picked it up on Audible, so technically I didn't read it, but I, I did listen to the audiobook, and I think knowing the story from a top-down perspective kind of helped the narrative for me. Like, if I had hit this cold, I could see being mildly confused as to why so much attention was being given to Michelle's window on the story, mm-hmm. but um, I think knowing what I was getting into helped me along with that. Did did the balance, how did that work for you guys? Uh, I, I thought it worked very well. I grew up in California and remember hearing about the Golden State Killer's still out there. He's going to get you. And this was in the 80s and 90s, mostly the 90s, actually. So during even the downtime, the presence of a serial killer that's gone unsolved for so long never really leaves a state. And I'm also glad that they chose to do that because there's been somewhat of a pushback in the true crime community against her her whole crusade to find him. And there's been lots of naysayers 
saying, you know, oh, she just did this for the attention. She was just using her husband's fame and money to, you know, push her book and all that. And it's like, no, she was actually a very, very interesting person. And if you watch the documentary, they pretty much spell out that none of that is true. Ah, uh, yes, I love using my husband's uh, power to push something that I didn't get to finish because I died. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, <laughs> and my, my stand-up Jeez. comedian's husband's fame to help me write this true crime novel. Yeah, you couldn't yeah. have done it without yeah. the guy from Ratatouille. The lead <laughs> voice of Ratatouille, good sir. That's true, and I, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't uh, disparage. <laughs> I mean, the reason that I wanted to do this was because... I am an incredibly huge fan of Pat Oswalt, and oh, likewise. And I was following, like, what was going on from the perspective of him when when she passed, and kind of the stuff that he was making, and his presence, quote unquote, after her her death. So I came to it knowing a lot about the Michelle side of the case, which mm-hmm. I thought was. I thought it struck the balance really well. Um, although I think there there was honestly a part of me where sometimes I was like, like yeah, no, crime, murder happened. Just get back to like the emotional, sad stuff. Um, <laughs> but that's not that's less a criticism of the show and more a criticism of myself and my personal taste because this thing is fucking incredible. Yeah. Well, and I think you bring up an interesting point, Rose, because th- there is a toxic aspect to uh, kind of the current true crime culture I think and I think a lot of you hear projects you hear articles you read books and they all seem to start the same where they're like we really want to give a voice to the victims and even though that's a stated purpose and might be the intent I don't know that a lot of those projects necessarily hit that nail on the head Hmm. I think this does um, this gave me a perspective into the world of a true crime victim that I don't know that I've necessarily seen maybe if nowhere else before at least you don't see it very often like I the empathy here for not only Michelle and her story but the empathy that you feel for the victims and their stories that they're telling you firsthand was uh, really really powerful I like the way that they juxtapose the clips of Creature uh, from the Black Lagoon, which tied so perfectly into, I think, like her and Patton's first date that they mentioned where they went to go see that, yeah. and then her narration from, I think, her diaries or perhaps the excerpt of the book where she talks about being sucked in and being watched over by this monster, and it all just perfectly fit together. That blew me away. I, there's There's a personality and a personalness to not just the text itself and not just the interviews but the way that it's filmed that and the way that it's edited and put together that just it's so emotionally rich and so and just it's just so powerful to watch and it you feel so connected to to Michelle you feel so connected to her loved ones you feel so connected to the victims of this piece of garbage mm-hmm. like it is kind of what you're saying Trevor it this would this could never be the show where the thumbnail has the guy's face in it. Right. And I think that's mm. the thing that stood out the most about it is that there's no sensationalism about the person doing the crime. Yeah, not at all. 
What I thought was really interesting, and I know they catch this guy in the end, but a lot of true crime series, even after they've caught someone, there's a ton of episodes dedicated to, but what about this person over here? Evidence? Who cares? It's interesting if that person <laughs> did it. Let's dwell on that. And this uh, series, I almost want to say a docu-series really, avoids that yeah. completely, and that was refreshing to see. Yeah. Though the, the victims' voices, as you said, they don't hold back, and... It's very harrowing to listen to, but it's like my mother-in-law said, who's an incredibly strong person. These voices need to be heard, Brad. And if you, you can be a wuss, but be a wuss after you've heard them. You know, <laughs> don't shy away from yeah. this. So thank you, Denise, for helping me watch this. Yeah, I like how relatively non-sensationalized it was. It was very respectful in that regard. What'd you guys think of? her Michelle McNamara giving us an insight into how hard it is to do this kind of thing while being a mother and wife that was pretty interesting and it made perfect sense yeah you know how do you go day after day hour after hour just obsessively reading police files about brutal rapes and murders and then you know go read Dr. Seuss to your kids (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> I have to say, uh, this this didn't trigger me per se, using trigger in, in quotes, but it did lay bare for me a few vulnerabilities in my life that I was not quite aware of or not quite prepared to confront. And one of them is in my daytime life, I am uh, a crime reporter for a local news uh, <laughs> website. And so that is part of my life, is going through case files and reading horrific crimes and the amount of just how much of my obsession and, you know, this I'm not going to unpack my whole emotional baggage here on the show, but, like, <laughs> how much that figured in and how many things are the same. And it's like, ooh, man, maybe I'm not being healthy about the way I'm handling yeah. these things. And so that gave it an... <clears throat> That gave it an additional uh, emotional gravitas. For yeah, especially since they pretty much make no bones about the fact that her just absolute compulsion to get this done and, and to get to the bottom of it get, in a way, lead to her death because it led to insomnia and taking of all kinds of antidepressants and sleeping medications. Yeah, I think it was a fentanyl, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and then there's a device used in the series where... Uh, part of the story unfolds through text messages and seeing that it was just so it's such an unguarded moment between two people they never expected to have this broadcast on hbo and you see you 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 hear those real voices even though it's just text on screen you can tell Patton's being a little cagey and walking around on eggshells. Hey, I just want to make sure you're okay. And this happened to me when I wrote my book and I just want to support you. And she, you can hear her being like patient, but still a little annoyed. And that was just such a real moment. And man, those, those. Yeah. Hit home. Uh, the one moment that I wasn't expecting 
uh, I think the end of episode four where it covers her death I for some reason I had it in my head that she had died the the following year so it it really hit me like a freight train when when it actually happened it almost caught me off guard even though I I, I knew what happened but the I think the kind of worst part about it that was definitely unexpected was hearing the actual 911 call that he made just a snippet of it and that that actually made me gasp out loud I, I wasn't expecting that yeah I was because I was a little bit behind on this so I was running through some of the episodes pretty quickly over the past couple days and I hit that and I just had to stop for the night yeah like I just kind of broke a little bit I cried I cried a bunch I cried a bunch watching this like, show. Like, hearing um, someone that you know normally to be so genuine and just so blisteringly funny and to hear them just desperately in a panic calling for help, that just it made my blood run cold. Well, and that's the other thing I have to say is I appreciate that this was a weekly series, like one episode mm. per week and there was a staggered release schedule. Uh, just as a recommendation from me to the listeners... Don't try and binge this. Don't yeah. try and sit down and watch this in one jag. It's not worth it. It That's not how it was meant to be consumed. It's not going to be good for you. It's not going to be good for the series. And it's just, it's a lot to deal with. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, even if you are like a true crime aficionado and you think you could handle it, this is packed. And I mean, I am too. And I'm telling you, this is packed with way more emotion, way more realness than usually comes with these kind of things. And it, it's definitely best to meter it out. Yeah, I honestly don't even, I mean, I know this is playing the genre game, but like, I, it feels somewhat of a disservice to just go at this or even say it is a true crime yeah. documentary. Because I don't really like true crime stuff. I can't get into it super well. Yeah. Um, but this, this is something different. And I say that with all the positive marks in the world. You know, I got into the fad, what was it, three or four years ago, American Crime Podcast. Was it even called that? I'm totally messing Cereal? this up. Serial, thank you. And I remember she's like, this will have an ending and there will be justice. And spoiler for the end of that, there isn't. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> it was just... It was incredibly entertaining, and I don't want to bash anyone who was a part of it yeah. because I was hooked. Did I feel like a cheated consumer? That's that's my you know problem to deal with, a personal <laughs> issue. And I, I don't hate cereal, but it it irritated me very much by the end of it. And this didn't because it wasn't pandering to truth seekers who just want justice. Mm -hmm. Like it was someone who actually wanted justice and went through the proper channels to do so and did the proper research and talked to the uh, individuals who also wanted justice and it even you know is book noted with someone many people actually who've dedicated their lives to uh, such as homicide detectives praising this work yeah and that moment actually got me the most. Yeah, I mean, because then you know, uh, yeah, I have an existential crisis of why that's this isn't fair. Why did this happen then that she had to pass away? Exactly. And then, again, that's a personal issue that I deal with. I'm not blaming any higher power yeah. for that. But yes, yeah, so go on. I enjoyed this a lot. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that that should definitely drive home to to any. Any nasty people out there who are still saying, you know, well, she, she didn't actually solve the case, you know, she, she was just a this or that. 
They have footage of detectives and other police personnel that she worked with that came to her funeral straight up saying we couldn't have done this without some of her work because she thought of things to look at that we never did and we considered her one of us. Well, and, you know, that's... I, I consider myself kind of a true crime file, too. But uh, there is an aspect... Like, no tea, no shade, but, like, <laughs> my favorite murder is not my bag. That's yeah. not my favorite podcast. They know what they're doing. They obviously... They have an audience. I'm not trying to yeah. poop on them, but <laughs> it's just not for me. I'm not into the the wine drinking and gossipy kind of presentation for true crime. I like mine a lot more clinical, which is why it kind of surprised me when I read this book that it's, it's such her story. And it's also the story of uh, the Golden State Killer from her lens. But yeah. she is so genuine and so um, just transparently concerned and empathetic towards these mm -hmm. people that it's just, it transcends that kind of uh, pearl-clutching, you know, podcast presentation. And, yeah, at, at the end of the day, it just, it, it, it feels more sincere than a lot of stuff that is out there. It just feels more Very real. much so, yeah. And I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I myself have gotten turned off from true crime uh, shows in various forms that are just a little too glib, about it, it's like, yeah, this this is kind of exciting, I guess, but these are real things and real people died, and I would rather not hear you being so almost excited to talk about it. Yeah, the thing, the thing that I could compare this the most to in that field, and it's the one podcast that I got really, really into, was S Town or Shit Town, because <laughs> I feel like they do really similar things. Yeah, and I feel like both with that and with this kind of what I've been saying in circles this whole review is just the the moving away from the, the tropes and all that of the true crime genre and fad. I'll tell you what this acutely reminded me of is uh, Fincher's Zodiac. Oh, for sure. Ooh, because yeah. it's the human story, it's the story of the true crime, but at the end of the day, it's really about obsession and what this does to people. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, so that would be, I guess, my, if you liked this, then I would recommend <laughs> selection. Big time. But and the writing, that's is what a, just her writing is remind me of. beautiful, and so is the writing in that Fincher film. So good side by side, I agree. All right, uh, should we move on to final thoughts then? All right. Okay. Go for it. I'll start it out with that <laughs> proclamation of joy. Mm -hmm. Not much joy here, though. But just going to reiterate, these voices are important. Uh, support is important. This documentary covers so much about grief, survival, um, living in a town that's scared. Certainly, I hope things have come a long way since that and those types of incidents. But it's great to watch, especially if you want to be heard and know that voices that need to be heard are being heard. Ooh, before any more run-ons, I'm just going to give this, yeah, 9 out of 10 incredible final sentences to a novel. Yeah. Right. Uh, Davey? 
Yeah, um, it's hard. It's hard to review this. It's hard to talk about it. I feel like I could probably say something a little better if I was writing it, but trying to a keep the vocal performance up and also to think of intelligent things to say about something like this is very difficult and it's also really fucking hard to try and be funny about this um yeah this is six of the best hours of content i've had in 2020 um i think every single second of it is necessary viewing with the caveat that it is really intense and really hard and some people are not going to be able to get through it and that is okay and there's no shame in that anywhere Mm -hmm. um but if you can handle it and if you are in the place to give it the reverence and solemnness that it deserves then i think this will or at least it should go down as one of the defining pieces of documentary filmmaking of this era 10 out of 10 Woo. all right trevor yeah i think i'm gonna concur um this is this is gonna be one we're talking about in several years i i also uh think back on the the old benchmark from hbo true crime which was the lost souls documentary trilogy um this is going to be right there in that lane i think people are going to be talking about this for a very long time um, the story on this is just now coming to a close. Uh, what I will say about the uh, documentary series, it is well worth your time. I think it, it is one of the best things I've consumed in 2020. But, uh, you know, there is a lot of content here to be warned about. There is uh, frank discussions of sexual assault. There is personal invasion. There is... Um, murder, there is violence, um, there is frank discussions of all of these things, and you as the viewer have to understand what your limits are going to be, but I think it is done in a manner that is not sensationalistic, I think it's respectful, I think it's done well and artistically sound, so for me this was a definite 10 out of 10. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, This this was very tasteful and one of the most engaging things that yeah I have seen all year or even in, in quite a while especially from HBO uh, cannot recommend it enough but certainly with the, the same reservations that you guys have all put out there because it, it is pretty tough to watch through maybe try to stick to one episode per night if you do get a chance to see it and uh, agreed 10 out of 10 for me yeah so now can we all yell at Brad? <laughs> Brad! <laughs> Where does that other point go, Brad? I give so many 10 out of 10s, I don't want them to be meaningless. <laughs> I, I do too, I you feel the given same way. Cox gun, you should have given one more, motherfucker. <laughs> you just didn't like it. 